Welcome to Capital Climate Connections. This is Representative Patty Acom. And this is Representative Jamie Long. The Capital Climate Connections podcast will feature legislators' efforts to address the climate crisis and build a brighter future for all Minnesotans. You'll hear updates from the Capitol and follow important bills through the legislative session. We will also highlight some of the incredible work by Minnesotans to protect our planet for generations to come. Thanks for joining. Listen anywhere podcasts are available. Welcome, everybody, to Capital Climate Connections. Patty, good to see you. Great to see you, Jamie. So this is our, our very first episode. It's pretty exciting. I'm super excited to be here. So we're going to be talking a lot about climate on this podcast and digging into some of the bills that are happening in session and talking to Minnesotans about the things that are going on around the state about climate, but probably good for folks to know a little bit about who we are. That sounds great. I'm Representative Patty Acom. I represent House District 44B, which is uh, Minnetonka, Plymouth, and Woodland. I am in my second term in the Minnesota House. I um, am vice chair on the Climate and Energy Committee, and I chair the House Climate Action Caucus. Climate issues are really important to me and to the people in my district, so I'm super excited to be here on this podcast with my friend Jamie. Well, I couldn't be more excited to co-host this with you, Patty, and so I'm Representative Jamie Long. I represent District 61B, which is Southwest Minneapolis, and I'm the chair of the Climate and Energy Committee and an active participant in Patty's Climate Action Caucus, and really excited to, to get together with you today, Patty. So maybe we should talk a little bit about what's going on at the Capitol, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about what, uh, what you're up to and what the Climate Action Caucus is up to. Yeah, that's great. I, I think we've had a great start to the session. Things are certainly heating up. Um, I introduced my big bill this year. It's the Next, Cli- or Gen- Next Generation Climate Act. And really it's an update to the Next Generation Energy Act that was developed back in Minnesota in 2007. And lots changed since then. We need to update the science and we really need to get working hard in Minnesota to reduce our greenhouse gas emissions. And so one of the other bills I'm working on that's been something I've brought back from previous sessions is solar on schools. It's a bill that all communities love, and if we can get some solar panels on top of school buildings and save some money to um, help our kids and uh, our students, then it's a win-win-win. So excited about both of those things, and I know you've been working on some great things too, Jamie. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I love both those bills, and and the Next Generation Climate Act in, in particular, we're, we're updating the targets for the state, right? And and so we have some some good targets, but they're outdated. We, we do, they are outdated and the science tells us we need to get to net zero by 2050. And so the targets we currently have say we'll get to 80% reductions by 2050. And unfortunately we're not even meeting um, the goals, the targets for the lower emissions. And so for the um, 80% reductions. And so it's a, it's a big lift, but it's important. And if we don't do it, there's gonna be some, some devastating things that happen to our, our state. and. I know that the environment here in Minnesota is important and it, it's, it's something that Minnesotans value. And so I wanna do all we can to protect that for us and for future generations. Absolutely. So I, I've been working on a few bills, but the one I'm most excited about is our 100% clean energy bill, 
which we reintroduced this session with the support of Governor Walls and Senator Nick Frentz from Mankato. And that's been a really exciting bill to work on. We updated our goals quite a bit this session. Last session, we were at 100% by 2050. Uh, and this session, we are pushing for 100% by 2040. So a whole decade earlier. But that's really been because we've seen the, the science uh, tell us, as you mentioned with the Next Generation Climate Act, uh, that we have to move even faster. And we've also seen the, the technology just improve a lot over time and over the last couple of years. So we know that this is achievable and it's, uh, I've been pretty excited that we've been able to, to have a great hearing on that and to try to really shine a light on where we need to be headed as a state. Well, Jamie, I think you've been doing a great job with that and especially engaging with the state. I know I've heard from a lot of constituents about the 100% bill and there's a lot of people excited about it and recognize how important it is and that we can do it. We have the tools. We know how to do it. We know what we need to do and we just need to, to have the will to do it. So you've done a great job um, working on that bill. Well, thanks. So for the, the Climate Caucus, uh, maybe folks would like to hear a little bit about the climate action plan that, that you all put together and, and what uh, your plans are for the session. Yeah, well, the Minnesota House has the Climate Action Caucus. And um, leading into this session, we developed a climate action plan. And Jamie was an integral part of that. There were several of us that, that worked looking at um, the different sectors of greenhouse gas emissions from agriculture and transportation and energy and also buildings and commercial and industry and, and waste. And so really looked to put together a framework to kind of guide our direction in this session and in subsequent sessions. And so it wasn't intended to be a bill, but really to kind of be that framework to help develop bills that will, that will serve under it. And so it was a really useful process in developing the plan and it got a lot of engagement um, from members within the caucus and and now it's it's been something that groups in the community have been really excited to hear about and are happy that we're putting that much effort and recognize it's such an important issue. Well I think it's just a great document to have and shows uh, so much of the work that the members of our caucus not just you and I but you know our whole team are are putting into working on, on climate issues at the Capitol. Well, you're exactly right, Jamie. And I think that one of the things that I have recognized in my short time at the Capitol, that the way we're going to really solve this climate crisis is to get a lot of people involved. And so it's been my goal this year to get as many legislators um, involved in climate related bills as possible. And so I think we're doing a good job getting our new members' um, bills that they're authoring and returning members. And um, so I think that if we all work together, we can certainly uh, make it far. And we've had a lot of activity around climate change issues at the Capitol so far. So obviously the, the Climate Committee has been, been doing quite a lot, but uh, we had a joint hearing with Capital Investment. That's our bonding committee chaired by Fu Lee to talk about climate impacts on infrastructure. Representative Frank Hornstein had a climate hearing in his transportation committee. And then Patty, it was your idea to have a climate hearing in the public health committee, if you wanna talk a little bit about that. Yeah, well, I think that it's such a natural connection and yet one that we haven't really looked at very closely before, but um, in the preventative health committee, which is a new committee this year, is really looking at ways that we can um, look at public health and improve it. And so I think 
climate change and the impact on air quality and water quality and some of the illnesses that's that happen, whether it's asthma or allergies. And, and I think that there's just such a direct connection. And unfortunately, we also see a huge disparity in the people that experience some of the um, health issues, public health issues that come from climate change. And so I think the more we can kind of talk about it and recognize that climate change impacts many different areas of our life and in our economy, the more we're going to realize we all need to be working to fix this because everything is related. But the preventative health hearing was a great one. I thought it was um, great testifiers and really informative. And so I heard some great feedback about it. Yeah. So we've been active over here. Yes, we have got, you know, got to keep us out of trouble. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we had a chance to, to uh, do a great interview with our, our very first guest who is uh, Bob Blake and, and Patty, you might remember him from his testimony in front of our committee. I do, he did a great job. I was so excited to hear about um, the great work that they're doing in Red Lake. And I was so sorry that I um, unfortunately had to miss it. Um, session is, is busy and things are moving all the time. And unfortunately my schedule um, got mucked up and I wasn't able to join you, but I, I look forward to hearing it. Well, great. Well, we'll turn to the interview with Bob now. Great. So our very first guest for Capital Climate Connections is Bob Blake. Bob is the founder and CEO of Solar Bear, a solar installation company and the executive director of Native Sun Community Power Development, a native-led nonprofit that promotes a just transition to renewable energy through education, workforce training, and demonstration. And he's also a tribal citizen of the Red Lake Nation. Welcome to the podcast, Bob. Hey, thanks for having me, Jamie. Appreciate this. We are so very glad to have you as our, our first guest. You testified in the climate committee in our second hearing of the year, and you kicked us off. You were the, the very first uh, testifier for that hearing talking about climate solutions. And that's because you're working on some really incredible climate solutions that you're a part of with uh, the Red Lake Nation. So could you tell us a little bit about what you're up to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, uh, the Red Lake Nation uh, solar project is uh, really exciting, um, and um, it's uh, we've been uh, oh boy at it now three years now. I think wow! Yeah, three years now, um, and um, you know uh, we've uh, there's been a lot of uh, what do you say a lot of work and 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 kind of tripping over yourself a little bit like figuring all this out. Um, and, and, uh, so, you know, these, uh, these applications for the department of energy and, you know, dealing with the interconnection and, you know, these are all things that are, you know, um, you know, will will uh, takes a lot of time to, <laughs> it's a learning, it's, there's a learning yeah. curve to all this, right. but yeah, but the tribe is really, uh, really wants to go renewable energy. Um, we found mercury, um, in our lake, um, uh, that that really uh, we found the mercury content in our walleye population actually Jamie wow and and um, we found high, mar high high amounts of mercury in there and we just thought that you know we really need to look at going renewable energy we you know fossil fuels is is not the way and and um, you know the 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 walleye and the wild rice that's affected there on the lake by the mercury um, is also part of our creation story too the Ojibwe people's creation story. And so, um, you know, we just really have to protect that lake and that's really important to us. So right, right. That, was really, that was really the, the kind of start of the project. That was sort of the wake up moment is, is realizing that 
the coal power and mercury coming from fossil fuels was was polluting your lake. Yep, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. So what's what's the goal of the project? What what are you hoping to get to? Well, what you know, ultimately the ultimate goal here is to create our own tribal utility. And and by what we mean, we kind of like want to we're we're kind of like following the California model, basically sure. the way the uh, the uh, solar companies work with the utilities out there. So uh, it's not that they're completely separate, right? We're not an island, you know. We're not we're not ERCOT, <laughs> right? Right. Thankfully, <laughs> yeah, we're not Texas here, but we're you know we 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 feel like you know. Um, you know that if we could go ahead and produce half our energy there for the for the tribe and for the community, um, what kind of economic development will that provide for the community too? Right, like what you know, what will the ripple effect be uh, for the community like that, where you know the median income is like ten thousand dollars a year, right? Right. So you know, uh, when you look at some of these, um, you know, when you look at these uh, these power companies and the linemen, you know, they make a hundred thousand dollars a year. You know, right. And so, I mean, good these jobs. are good jobs, right? And, and, and not only that, though, but we also feel like this will, like, really help with better relationships with our, with our fellow neighbors up there, right? Like, you know, we can help. We, our power crews can help other power crews when, line, when lines go down, when tornadoes come through or there's flooding. And, you know, there, there's, there's that need for all of us to work together as a community. Um, we really think that that will uh, be a big advantage for our relationships with everyone in the in the county and 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 also just for our own community as a whole. Right. So paint a picture for us. If if uh, I was lucky enough to come up to Red Lake Nation and wh where are the solar panels now and where are they going to be? Yeah, yeah. So they're going to be on the uh, government center. Um, we're installing a forty kilowatt flow battery. Uh, that should wow. be arriving um, next month, I believe. Uh, that is actually coming from um, uh, University of Minnesota, so that it's a, it's it's a it's a research project there, and then um, and then we're also getting another flow battery for our workforce center, where uh, tribal members are going to like learn this technology. I mean, they're going to learn about what's a flow battery, how does it work, how does it work with renewable energy. I mean, this is all that's great technology that is like coming down the pipeline and these tribal members are going to get like a hands-on experience with all this and so that's what's really really exciting about all this and so you know my hope and my dream jamie is that the idea here is that we can move everybody in the community like you know not to sound like pj fleck here at the university of minnesota gophers but you know <laughs> to move them all in one direction jamie and like you know, and my hope and my hope is that you know, when we do that, like the disparities that we're seeing in the community will start to fall to the wayside, right? Right. We get everybody on the environmental renewable energy transition bus, you know, a just transition that we're just going to start seeing these disparities that are plaguing the community, you know, for, for years uh, start to just fall to the wayside. So that's my hope. That's my dream. Right. So this is as much about economic development and, and job creation for you as it is about climate. Well, also too, I would add that this is, I, believe, I, I firmly believe, right? And this is what I hope my PhD paper is gonna be about, right? Is, is, is can renewable energy solve a human health crisis? Right. You know? and, and, and so I'm digging deep. I, I get real deep. You're in solving the all the problems at once. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm, I'm really hoping that, you know, that this uh, project can, can really attack those things that, you know, have been plagued in, you know, uh, you know, the native missing murdered indigenous women, um, 
you know, um, you know, giving people purpose, you know, uh, drug, alcohol addiction, you know, um, right. you know, th- th- those things that have, you know, you know, plagued, you know, poor communities for so long. And, and, and if I, and, and so through quantitative and qualitative data, what I want to do someday, Jamie, is come back to the state of Minnesota and sit down in front of all of you politicians. And I want to sit there and say, well, here's the proof. Look at what just happened and look at how renewable energy turned around this community. And if it can do it in Red Lake, it can do it in Brainerd, it can do it in Mankato, and it can do it in Rochester. Probably right. Rochester was not a really great example because of the Mayo Clinic. But... <laughs> oh, we don't need to pick on Rochester. <laughs> I love it. And so when you were putting together uh, the Red Lake Solar Project, to, uh, talk a little bit about who you got to hire and, and what that meant for their, their lives and uh, you know, how, how that employment affected them. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Ralph Jake, Ralph Jacobson, um, uh, you know, basically uh, came to me and he says, "Hey, Bob, I uh, hear you have a solar company. Um, I'd like to hire you for uh, for the installation process of this." And um, I, I told uh, Ralph that would be an honor and a pleasure. And and um, and I and uh, he says, "Well, uh, go out and put together a crew." <laughs> and you know, here's the interesting thing about this, Jamie, is that you know we have such talented people in the tribe. Right. We have so many people that um, have got the skills that they can just do these types of things and these types of projects. And so it wasn't hard for me to put together a crew yep. uh, to do this because I've had so many people that were journeymen, uh, you know, electricians, pipe fitters, you know, been on big construction jobs all over the country. Um, they just happen to live in Red Lake, you know, right. where, where, where there's not a lot of opportunity. And um, I put together a crew and, and we, we, we put the system up there on the roof and um, uh, I, I had one of the guys come to me and said, Bob, you know what, uh, this feels great to me. He said, um, you know, that, uh, that this right here really, you know, we're doing something good for the community, doing something good for the environment. And, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm just really happy to do this, Bob. Thanks. When we do the next one and, and, you know, and to also put this in perspective, you know, 7 a.m. I said, told 10 guys, be there at the job site. Right. You know, 10 guys, 7 a.m. showed up. <laughs> and I thought to myself, we are on to something here. We got something like, going. We got something. We, we, we have tapped into something bigger than what I was even trying to accomplish, Jamie. Right. Like there is something else happening here. So, that, that, you know, that, that's why I say, you know, doing renewable energy, you know, and, and, and jobs and, and stuff like this, you know, um, it, it's more. It's more than just putting up a panel. It's, right. it's, it's really, you know, like, you know, really doing that whole, like looking at your community in a small way, but thinking, doing on a bigger level. You know what I mean? That's, what's that, what's the old saying? Uh, think, think local, but act globally. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's what this really gave these people. Right. And that's why I was so proud to be a part of it. It was a job, but it was also a purpose. Absolutely. And, and right. that's why I say, if this can happen in Red Lake, this can happen everywhere. Right, right. Well, and we, we know that solar is getting installed all over the state, right? We, we've seen proposals from some of the large utilities to do big installations. We know that a lot of new companies are getting created. I've, I've seen that solar installer uh, for the last several years has been the, the fastest growing job in the country. And so you all are hopefully getting, getting in right at that wave, right? Where you can uh, create some good employment opportunities and, and uh, help protect the environment and your lake while we're at it. Well, you know, and, and that brings up a good point. You know, I, I just got on the board of uh, the Midwest Renewable Energy Association. And, good for and, you. And, and one of the things that we were talking about is, um, you know, we really, we, we really got to get this workforce uh, prepared. Like, 
Right. This has got to be one of the main, main um, objectives of, I think, um, of you guys. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking to you. You're the right. guy. You're, you guys, uh, workforce development, workforce has to be like number one key. And I think that's, that's, that speaks to just like how we're going to just get out of this pandemic and this unemployment and as we're facing another great depression. Um, I really firmly believe, Jamie, that this is the way out. And I, I don't see any other opportunity like this presenting itself to our society, just like renewable energy is right now. Right, right. How many other sectors are we seeing huge economic growth in? And, and we need to make sure that everybody has access to these jobs. Yep, absolutely. Yep. That's great. Well, when you're, you're talking about Red Lake Nation trying to be a, a shining beacon for a lot of other communities, are you seeing other tribal communities catch on and express interest in what you guys are doing? Absolutely. My phone and my emails are ringing up the hook. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what I started here. I'm afraid now, Jamie. <laughs> but it's it's been so exciting to hear from, you know, tribes get a hold of me and say, hey, we want to do that. Um, I just set up, I just helped set up a training program for Rocky Boy, Montana. Oh, great. Um, uh, I, you know, and, and, and they're going to start on their journey now. Um, you know, I, I've been in conversations with other tribes around here in the state of Minnesota, and it's just incredible. The, the, uh, the excitement and the, just like, you know, everybody wants to be a part of this now. And, you know, I tell tribal nations, I say, you know, we're in the gaming industry and that's a billion dollar industry, you know? But I said, we're in the wrong industry. Energy is a trillion dollar industry. Right. We need to get in the, we need to get in the, in the energy industry. And I think what, you know, I, I think five years ago, I probably looked like a crazy man talking to them, but now with the pandemic and, you know, and casinos teetering on bankruptcy now, you know, they're looking at this as saying, we need to probably look into this. We need to get involved in this. Right. And so, so, you know, hence the, uh, amount of calls and uh, people reaching out to me now. <laughs> How do we get started? <laughs> right, right, right. Well, and, and energy sovereignty is a really exciting idea as you're, you're talking about, you know, setting up a tribal utility or something along those lines. That's, that would be uh, pretty, pretty innovative. Absolutely. And we're not talking about, you know, going it alone here. We want to work with our fellow local utilities. Right. We're just saying that we want to be able to offer uh, an opportunity for our for our tribal members to have a successful career, to be involved in energy, to be a part of the process at the Public Utilities Commission, to be able to, you know, just be a part of the the, the, the climate, you know, uh, right. conversation because it involves all of us. And we just want to be a part of that uh, conversation. Right. So next, you got this the storage project coming up, and so that's that's really exciting. What's uh, what's coming after that? Do you think? Well, you know that that right there is really exciting, right? That's a virtual power plant, and right uh, that'll be the first in the state of Minnesota. Um, I believe that that project right, right there will be able to really position Minnesota uh, in low income housing to do some really innovative things there. And so that's why I'm really excited about that project at Little Earth. And I really hope that we get that thing done. We're almost there. So um, we're, we're clawing, we're clawing. But, um, but, uh, but yeah, and then and, and after that, um, we've got other uh, uh, commercial projects. And I got some residential projects I, I've been promising people that I'm going to help them with. So I want to get that done too. So um, yeah, there's a lot, lot, lot in the pipeline. Solar Bear is slowly growing. That's good. It's getting to be a bigger bear, huh? <laughs> it's a bigger bear. <laughs> exactly. That's good. I like it. Well, what what else do you think our, our listeners should be thinking about as 
or look into the future of, of renewable energy and climate solutions? Well, I, I would just look, I would just tell everybody to sit there and really think about a career in, 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 in the environment, right? Like everything that we do revolves around the environment. We say in the native culture, everything is connected. Right. So it doesn't matter what your skill set is like, you, you know, you can transition into the environmental uh, environmental sector. You know, uh, plenty of companies right now um, are having to do their due diligence on, you know, uh, you know, buying uh, recs, you know, renewable energy credits and so forth. You know, um, the jobs of stallers, you know, we need salespeople. Um, you know, there's so many things that can transition. I, I, I look at the, um, the hospitality industry and how affected that it has been here in the state of Minnesota. And I right. think about the skill set of the hospitality industry. I was in the hospitality industry. And, you know, that skill set of talking to people, of dealing with people, of making people understand, you know, exactly, you know, what we're facing around the, around the climate crisis, you know, that, that hospitality people, that's what we do. You know, we talk to you, we explain to you what's on the menu, right? We tell you what's, what's happening here. So, I mean, I think that, you know, those people can easily transition into the environmental field. So um, that's right. what I would ask people to be thinking about is, is, is careers in, in the environmental uh, field. Well, that's a good pitch. Well, you're, you're solving the climate crisis. You're solving healthcare and improving the health uh, with your, your local lake and taking mercury out. You're creating jobs and economic development. You're installing affordable energy. It's, it seems like you've, uh, You've hit on the answer to uh, to a lot of the challenges we're facing, right, Bob? <laughs> systems mapping, systems mapping. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You see, you see the big picture for sure. Well, thank you so much for being with us. This was uh, really great to talk to you, and congratulations on all the exciting work that you're doing and that the Red Lake Nation's doing too. Thank you, Jamie, for having me. Well, that will do it for our first uh, episode of Capital Climate Connections. Thanks so much for joining us all. And please tune in for our next episode when we're going to talk to other Minnesotans doing exciting work in the climate and renewable energy space. 